morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are here to worship with us. Would you write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us? Even if you watch this later today, let us know who's with us. And you can write prayer concerns uh, in the comments. We'd love to be praying for you. Wanted to let you know we have Thursday worship uh, in person on uh, Thursday nights at 5.30. And it's awesome, isn't it, Pastor Sam? Awesome. There's enough space to social distance. We provide masks. It's great. Uh, Tuesday, uh, we have Mosaic. This week, we'll be at the back 40, and we'll have masks there and spread out as well. Um, Sunday mornings are going to continue to be online right now, but it's awesome. And with new and improved sound, it's fantastic, isn't it? But, uh, Pastor Sam, there's one thing, there's just one announcement that I'm just so excited about. And I know, I know Benny and JP are as well, so uh, it's Christmas in July! It's awesome! So, uh, which, with Christmas in July, Matthew uh, is back there working the sound, and he loves Christmas treats and Christmas cookies, so you can make those as well. He got them off at the church, so. Uh, but look, this Thursday, from 3 to 6, you can pick up one of these if you haven't yet. It is a Christmas stocking. Uh, we have a Christmas tree out in the portico. You just drive through the portico, get one of these, and you know what you get to do? There's a list inside. You fill it up with goodies. Uh, you can go to the Dollar General, something like that, fill it up, and bring it back on uh, July 30th from 3 to 6. And this goes to the Salvation Army. It's awesome, isn't it, Pastor Sam? It's awesome. So uh, we've been celebrating Christmas all July here at the church. We're having a blast with it. So uh, you don't want to miss Christmas in July. So uh, will, you, will you go to the Lord in prayer with me this morning? Loving God, we are so thankful that we get to have fun here. We are thankful um, that we can celebrate things like Christmas in July. Uh, I pray that right now you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
can be gathered all in different places and still join together and join together in things like this, the affirmation of faith. Would you join us now? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As Pastor Andy just reminded us, we are connected regardless of where we are and how far apart physically are. We are connected in the Lord and we are connected in service. We are connected in worship. We're connected in giving. So as a part of the connection, I would like to ask that you connect with us in giving by giving your tithes and offerings at this time. Uh, you can give through our website at FUMC gadsden.org or you can give on your church app and if you haven't downloaded that church app then go to your favorite app store and download our church app and you can give that way you can text to give you can drop your offering in the mail you can come by and drop it off at the church if you need to but we want you to participate in the ministries of First United Methodist Church in as many ways as you can and be reminded that we are all in this together and that we are connected. We are one in the spirit. So will you join me uh, in this time of prayer? If you have prayer requests, email them to us. The email address is fumc at fumcgadston.org or you can write them in the comments section on Facebook Live. We'll get them, we'll pass them to our prayer team and we will join you. We'll join together with you in praying Let's pray together right now. Gracious God, with thankful hearts, we bow before you. With humble hearts, we acknowledge that we need you in everything that we do, in all our ways, in all of our thoughts. We need your forgiveness, Lord, for where we have failed to be the church you would have us to be, for where we have individually failed to live up to the glorious standard that you have made for us the glorious purpose that you have for our lives Lord we need your healing right now especially in our world in our country in our community we need your healing and so we pray for uh, treatment for the coronavirus we pray for vaccine we pray for all those who are in need of a healing touch for you and we pray for those exhausted uh, healthcare workers who are are working right now to try to be your hands and feet and bring healing, Lord. We pray for our churches. 
We pray for everyone, Lord, who is trying to lead right now, regardless of what position they are in. It's, it's difficult. These are hard times we're living in. But, Lord, you are a good, good father. And we pray that you would be whoever uh, we need you the most to be right now. Lord, our provider, our, our healer, our comfort, our strength. Lord, we pray that you would teach us now to pray together even though we're apart. Pray together that prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion, cause it's good enough for me. It was good for my brothers and sisters. It was good for my brothers and sisters. It was good for my brothers and sisters. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Cause it's good enough for me. It's good enough for me. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Upon the mountain, my Lord spoke. Out of his mouth came fire and smoke. Down in the valley, on my knees, my Lord, have mercy, please. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. St. Peter's waiting at the gates, says, come on, sinner, don't be late. There ain't but one train on this track. It runs to heaven and right back. Every time I feel the Spirit in my heart moving me, moving me to pray. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart.
Trish, and thank you, Benny. We love good music in this church, and I hope that you feel the Spirit moving in your heart even now as we are worshiping together. We are going to ask that same Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts now for the Word. We are going to be looking at Matthew 13 again. We, we looked at Matthew 13 last week. We're going to be looking at Matthew 13 again. We're going to talk about farming again a little bit. But all month long, we're going to be using the theme of freedom. Uh, for the month of July, we, we've been talking about a series called Let Freedom Ring. And the first week in July, we talked about the freedom to lay our burdens down. How great is that? That Jesus invites us, all who are weary, all who are carrying heavy burdens, to come and lay our burdens down. That sounds pretty good about right now, doesn't it? Then last week, we talked about how we're free to have a change of heart. What great good news it is that, that we can change, uh, that, that we can allow that good seed and we can allow the Holy Spirit to soften up our hearts so that the good seed of the kingdom can, can grow in our lives and we can have a change of heart. So you and I are free. If, if Jesus didn't want us to have freedom, he wouldn't have invited us to listen Whoever has ears to hear, everyone who has ears to hear, listen. Come to me, Jesus said. He invited us. So we have that freedom. And Americans, we love some freedom, don't we? We do. We love freedom. But I heard somebody say recently, just because we American doesn't mean that we America should. And that's what we're talking about today, about the difference between what we can do and what we should do. And today's message is freedom to pull weeds. Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 is the parable. And then verses 36 through 43 is Jesus' explanation of the parable. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore again, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go gather them? And he replied, no, for in gathering them, uh, the, gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. And then starting in verse 36, Jesus explains. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. 
the Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So another story about farming. And I'll be honest with you, the way that these stories go, the farming that they're talking about here is so different to our modern ears because we just don't do that. We don't go about just throwing seed everywhere willy-nilly like uh, the sower did in last week's sermon. We just, we, we very carefully plant our seeds. If we're doing a garden, we just plant them in nice little neat rows, right? We don't just throw them everywhere. But, but God scatters the good seed of the kingdom everywhere, even on hearts that aren't ready for it. Um, so we, we talked about that last week, how, how the sower went, sowed the seed. Some of the ground was ready for it. Some of the ground wasn't ready for it. And today, this week, Jesus is also talking about sowing seeds again. This time it's a wheat field. And the farmer goes out and just sows seeds and, and sows them everywhere in this field. And he works hard all day long. He and the farm workers just sow wheat seeds all in that field. And then at the end of the day, he's tired, but he goes home and he's happy because he's had a good day's work. And everybody goes to bed. But at night, while all the workers are asleep, an enemy sneaks in and sows weed seeds among the wheat field. Now, this, again, is foreign to our modern ears, and, and I, I, I didn't know what kind of weeds we were talking about here. So I looked it up. The weeds that they're talking about in Matthew 13 here is a weed called a bearded darnel, D-A-R-N-E-L, a bearded darnel and the thing about this particular wheat is it looks exactly like wheat all the time is growing up together in the wheat field and you don't you can't really tell the difference between the weed and the wheat until the the heads start to put on the stalk of the wheat and then you know that you have bearded darnel in with wheat so Nobody on the farm knew that the enemy had sabotaged their field for quite a while. And by the time they realized it, it was too late because the root systems of the weeds and the wheat had all gotten all intertwined together. So were they free to pull up the weeds? Yes. So freedom says I can pull up weeds. But wisdom says, should I pull up weeds? And just because we can doesn't mean we should. So our question today is, are we free to pull weeds? And the answer to that question is, are you ready for it? The answer is yes and no. I know, I know. You hate it when I say stuff like that, don't you? The answer is though, it is yes and no. And I'll explain. Uh, yes we are free to pull up weeds. Yes, it's a good and wise thing to pull up weeds when we find the weeds of bitterness growing in our hearts. It's a great thing to pull up weeds in that case. Listen to what Hebrews 12, 15 says. It says, look carefully, 
lest any root of bitterness spring up causing trouble. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about when I say to have a root of bitterness in your heart? I certainly know about that. I, here's usually how it happens. Let's say somebody, somebody hurts you, somebody wrongs you, some, somebody disappoints you really, really badly, and you don't forgive them. And you carry that hurt, and you carry that resentment, and you carry that pain. You hold on to it, and pretty soon, bitterness starts to take root inside of you. And your attitude, well, your attitude just becomes trashy. Your attitude, you just get cynical about everything. You get negative about everything. You get angry over just about everything. Anger just becomes your default setting, right? You don't take joy in little things like you used to because you're just holding on to that hurt, holding on to that unforgiveness, holding on to that disappointment. It's almost like you have a, a watering can and you're watering a poisonous weed inside of you. Get rid of that weed. Get rid of it. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. In other words, weed it out. And Ephesians 4.31 also talks about weeding out rage, weeding out anger, weeding out harsh words and slander and all types of malicious behavior. All of that poisonous garden inside of our hearts, it's a great and wise thing to do to cooperate with God, cooperate with the Holy Spirit in weeding those things out. So how do we do that? How do we cooperate with God and the weeding out of a poisonous garden inside of us. We do it through things like spiritual disciplines. I want to recommend a great book on spiritual disciplines. Uh, if you haven't already read it, it's a classic. It's Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. In this, he talks about uh, three different kinds of spiritual disciplines. He talks about inner spiritual disciplines and out, outer disciplines and corporate disciplines. But... For our purposes this morning, I want to talk about just a couple of, of inner disciplines that, that we can do in collaboration with God as we're trying to see our hearts transformed. Um, one of them uh, would be the discipline of study. Have you ever heard, if you've worked with computers or anything like that, you've heard the old saying, garbage in, garbage out? Uh, we've got to put some good stuff in through study if we want to see some some weeds come out of our lives this is what richard uh, foster writes in celebration of discipline he said the purpose of spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of a person spiritual disciplines aim at replacing old destructive habits of thoughts with new life-giving habits replacing old destructive habits of thought with new life-giving habits so the way we renew our minds, the way we renew our hearts, the way we are transformed is by renewing our mind. Romans 12, 2 tells us by renewing our minds, our lives are transformed. So that's one way, one way we can cooperate with God in weeding out our hearts. Another spiritual discipline we can do to, to weed out some bad roots in our lives is the, just the discipline of simplicity. John Wesley used to say whenever he, he came, whenever money came his way, he, he would try to give it away as fast as he could, lest it take root in his heart. 
First um, Timothy chapter six, verse ten says, "The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil." The love of money, not money itself, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. All kinds of terrible things happen when people get greedy over money and material possessions. And that kind of greed can find its way in our heart. It just roots around like kudzu or something, right? It needs to be weeded out. It needs it needs to be weeded out. And if we just dwell on those material things, it's like it's like all we can do is think about the things that we don't have, right? And we get bitter. But if we can be transformed and we can dwell on what we do have, on the good blessings that God has given us, then our hearts can become thankful instead of bitter. So the answer of can we pull weeds is yes when it comes to the weeds in our own hearts through prayer, through study, through simplicity, through all of these, these different spiritual disciplines. We cooperate with God in the weeding out of these poisonous weeds in our hearts. Okay, now for the no side of the equation. The answer is no, we are not free to pull weeds uh, when it comes to judging somebody else and, and considering them weeds to be weeded out. Okay, from when my efforts turn from weeding out my own poisonous weeds in my heart to trying to look from a a self-imposed position of superiority and to weed someone else out, then that's a big no, right? The parable we read today is about knowing when to use our freedom to pull weeds and when it's unwise to do so. The workers, when they saw the weeds coming up with the wheat, they wanted to go out and pull the weeds up. And the farmer said, no. No, don't do that because if you try to pull out those weeds because the root systems are intertwined, you're going to root out the good wheat along with them. Let them grow up together because in the final harvest, in the final harvest, the harvesters will separate the weeds from the wheat. It's not our our job to, to judge someone else as a weed Uh, It's not our job to judge at all. You know why it's not a good idea to judge? Why it's not our job? It's because, uh, first of all, we just can't see clearly to do it. Don't you remember in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus said, and I always just love this, why do you look at the speck in your neighbor's eye, but you don't consider the log that's in your own eye? And that's exactly what we do when we say, you know, we're going to get rid of all those weeds. We're going to weed all of those people out because they're not wheat. They're weeds. We're just going to get rid of anybody that doesn't look like us, anybody that doesn't think like us, anybody that, that speaks differently than us. We're just weeding all of those weeds out because we have determined that we're wheat and we have determined that they're weeds. And that's just not our job. In the extreme, you know what this looks like in the extreme? In the extreme, it looks like what Hitler tried to do in Nazi Germany. What Hitler tried to do was to get rid of everyone that he considered to be weeds. He wanted to weed out, so to speak, the Jews. He wanted to weed out not only the Jewish population, but he wanted to weed out anybody with mental or physical disabilities. He wanted to 
get rid of the gypsies and get rid of the homosexuals, get rid of anybody that he considered inferior, he considered to be weeds. He wanted to weed out anyone that he considered to be of inferior race, such as uh, Polish and Slavic populations. And that's exactly what he set about doing. Oh, and he also wanted to weed out anybody that he called uh, asocials, which included uh, unemployed and homeless, alcoholics, drug addicts, anybody like that. He even sent Jehovah's Witnesses to the concentration camps. He wanted to weed out everyone he considered to be weeds, you see. And you say, well, you know, that's extreme. That's, that's Adolf Hitler. You know, that's Nazi Germany. We don't, we don't do stuff like that today. We, we would never do anything like that in, in our country. And I say, well, maybe we have a short memory. Maybe we have a short memory because we have a long history of doing exactly that, of, of considering ourselves superior and trying to weed out other people. I'll, I want to talk to you about something that's very personal for me because I grew up in Cherokee, Alabama. And Cherokee, not Cherokee County, which is near where I am right now, but, but Cherokee way up in the northwest part of the state, up in Colbert County. And my hometown, Cherokee, was named after, of course, the Cherokee Indians. And the Cherokee Indians, as you know, were one of the tribes of Native Americans who in the 1830s were ordered to leave their homes and to walk to Oklahoma. Many of them, uh, of them just set out on the trail, but, but many others did not voluntarily leave their homes, and who could blame them? Even though the U.S. government ordered them to do that, even though U.S. troops were there, and the ones who didn't voluntarily leave were rounded up by U.S. troops, and some of them were put in temporary holding camps before they made this long journey to Oklahoma. One of the temporary holding camps, by the way, is located in Cherokee County, and you can read about the history of that if you're from this area. But I want you to think about how that they were forced, men and women and children, many uh, just with the clothes on their back, to leave their home and to, and, and to walk all the way to Oklahoma. Why? Because the U.S. government had decided that they were weeds and that they needed to be removed so that the white settlers could come in and settle in their land. And on this march, on this march, which is called the Trail of Tears, many of them died. Many of them died from exposure to elements, from disease, from starvation. The Indian Removal Act of 1830, the Trail of Tears, goes right by my hometown. Now, that happened nearly 200 years ago. Uh, but I can give you contemporary examples. I, I can give you examples of what it's like to, to be in a, in a part of the country that had Jim Crow laws, which is just a way of, of one group thinking they're superior to another group and trying to weed them and separate them out. 
look, we do this all the time. We, when we try to do this, we, we try to weed other people out who don't look like us, who don't think like us, who don't um, talk like us. We try to weed them out and we're not qualified to do it because we can't see clearly to do it. Also because by trying to call ourselves superior to some other person, we're not owning up to the capacity that we have within ourselves, not only for great good, but the capacity for great evil. Both of those capacities are intertwined inside of us. And really, the only way the good can be separated from the bad is by Jesus Christ. By He is the only one who can help us take the log out of our eye. He is the only one. He is the only one. There's an old saying that I have, I, I like that goes like this. There's so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it hardly behooves any of us to talk about the rest of us. So we don't need to judge uh, because we can't see clearly. We don't need to judge. We need to refrain from trying to weed other people out from a position of self-imposed superiority because the job of judge is already taken. That job's already taken. There's only one righteous judge. And at the final harvest, Jesus will be that judge. Jesus is the only one qualified to do it. Because Jesus is the only one who's perfectly righteous. And Jesus is the only one who knows the heart. Jesus is the only one who knows really who is wheat and who is weed. So if anybody else was judging our souls, I would say, man, we should give up hope right now. But Jesus, the righteous judge, is also the loving judge and the grace-filled judge. The final sorting is going to be left in the hands that are nail-scarred out of love for us. Thanks be to God for his grace. So going back to the question, are we free to pull weeds? And the answer is yes, absolutely. If in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we weed out bitterness, we weed out greed, we weed out malice in our own heart. Absolutely yes. But absolutely not when it comes to us self-imposing an attitude of superiority so that we think we're wheat and we think someone else is wheat and we judge them. Absolutely not. And my prayer is that God will grant us the wisdom to know the difference between what we can do and what we should do. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for inviting all of us to come to you. We thank you for the good seed of your kingdom that you have sown. Our hearts aren't always ready for it, Lord. So we ask even now, even now that you would work inside of us by the power of your spirit to make us ready to hear the good news. 
And Lord, help us to, from a position of humility, to allow you to help us weed out all of the poison in our hearts, the, the bitterness and the, and the greed and the slander and the malicious behavior to weed it out, Lord, so that we look more like you. And help us to remember, Lord, that when all is said and done, you're judge and we're not. That in the final harvest, you are the one who is the judge. Thank you for loving us, Lord. And we pray, have your own way in us. Even now, in Jesus' name, amen. And have thine own way is actually our closing song. So this is, this is not just a hymn in our hymnal, it's a prayer. And I, I pray that even as you sing this, uh, that you would also pray this. Have thine own way it will be, is number 382 in the United Methodist hymnal. And now hear this benediction. O Lord, fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only always living in us. Amen. Amen.